happening, everybody? This is Michael Jernigan right here at Central Wesleyan Church. Hey, check this out. Um, we've had some technical difficulties with our recording on Sunday morning. Um, the past three weeks, we have not been able to get our, our sermon series, our Sunday morning messages recorded. So what we're going to do today is I am joined by my close, dear, personal friend, Alex Melvin is with us today. Alex, hello. Hey. And Ashlyn's with us. Hello. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Ashlyn is like a year and a month or two, give or take. So she don't talk a whole lot no. unless she's upset and then she talks a lot. So, uh, so what we want to do today is we want to take a few minutes to just kind of go through what we talked about this past Sunday um, so that we can put the word out there so that we can share some good news with you and to help you out in your spiritual warfare battles that we all face. Um, over the past four weeks, we have been talking about um, spiritual warfare, about the enemy attacking, um, how Paul tells us in Ephesians there is a war going on in the uh, spiritual realm, and how we see the effects of that war. We may not see the actual battle, but we see the effects of the battle here in our lives, and we see it through sin, we see it through temptation, we see it through families breaking up, we see it through sickness, and ultimately we see it through death. Um, however, Paul also gives us in Ephesians 6 a kind of a battle plan, gives us a spiritual armor to put on, and so over the past four weeks we've been going through the spiritual armor. A few weeks ago we talked about the belt of truth, how that's the God of word, it's, uh, it's on us to believe, to accept, to live out God's truth. Uh, truth is a crazy thing these days. Um, a lot of people tell you that my truth may be different than their truth. However, to me, truth is truth, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> um, there's, I don't think there's different truths. If I'm watching, uh, if I see an event go down in the Walmart parking lot, um, <laughs> what I see is the truth. And what you see, you may see it differently, but we still saw the same thing, right? So, um, Paul instructs us to put on the belt of truth. Then he talks about the breastplate of righteousness, which the breastplate covers our heart, and that leads our life. And so that is talking about righteous living. And it's not talking about self-righteousness. Um, it's talking about a righteousness that comes from God and our power. We have the power of the resurrected Son of God in our lives to help us live our lives today. Uh, last week, we talked about the shoes of peace and the uh, shoes of the gospel of peace. We talked about what the gospel was and uh, living a peaceful life together. This week, we talked about the shield of faith. There's Ashlyn making some noise. Come here, girl. Come over here and sit down with us. Um, we talked about the uh, shield of faith. So what we want to do is just take 10, 15 minutes um, to go over what we talked about yesterday uh, with the shield of faith. Paul says this in Ephesians 16. In addition to all of this, all of this being the belt, the breastplate, and the shoes, in addition to all of this, uh, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Of course, he's comparing all this spiritual armor to um, a Roman guards, a Roman soldier's armor. And their shields were uh, big shields, four foot by two foot. Um, they were uh, wrapped. It was an iron shield with a... Uh, a section of wood put on top of it and then wrapped in leather and so what they would do is where they would go into battle they would dip it in the water so that way it would extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil people they were battling I guess 
Um, so uh, we talked about yesterday what that means for us. Alex. Yeah. Ashlyn. What, uh, like, when you think of fiery arrows coming from the enemy, coming from Satan, what do you think of? Like on those uh. movies. <laughs> okay. Whenever like, they're, like, in the war and the people are shooting arrows down on them. So, like, um, like those old, mo- like, not old movies, but those movies based back in old times, right? Like the gladiator-type movies. Yeah. Three, yeah, yeah. Isn't there a 300 movie? Yeah. Like, about that kind of same stuff? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I was watching some movie the other night, and they shot, no, it was Lost. I was watching Lost, and the oh, yeah. others shot flaming arrows at the people. Um, so, yes. So, what about when you think of spiritual flaming arrows coming from the enemy, coming from Satan, coming from the devil? How does that, what do you think of when you think of Ooh. those flaming arrows? Um, I probably think of, like, depression and anxiety and those things that um we don't really i mean we think we're guarded against but they kind of just sneak in yep because they're just part of life (laughs) or you feel like they're part of life yep Uh, i think the the arrows can come in a lot of different forms right temptation um, anger depression anxiety worry fear doubts all that kind of stuff um but i agree that i think i think some of those things can can almost become a part of our life and we not like it not even register with us anymore that it's not Christ-like. Right. Um, I think fear and worry and doubt is so much a part of our world and, and a part of our individual lives that, I mean, it's not even like it doesn't affect us the way it used to. Uh, we've become comfortable with being worrisome. We become comfortable with doubting that, you know, we have a heavenly father, a good, good father that takes care of us, um, that provides for us and that, kind of just it is what it is right and uh and i think that's the enemy's job that's his goal is to to get us become so comfortable with um with those things with those unchrist-like decisions and and those things so that's where the shield of faith comes in thankfully the one thing that um that uh that we have to fight against those fiery arrows to fight against worry, fear, doubt, temptation, immorality, any of that stuff, um, is our faith. So, what is faith? When somebody were to ask you, what is faith? What definition do you use? Um, I use trust. Okay. I view faith as trusting what God has said, trusting um, what, who He is, Yep. and um, living my life according to that truth. Yes. That's faith for me. That truth or the truth? Well, the truth the, yes, of who yes. God is and what he's it. done. I kid. <laughs> uh, Hebrews says that the definition of faith is that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Um, of course, that is written in Hebrews 11 right before the, uh, the writer of Hebrews gives a whole list of people who were faithful and their faithful actions and their faithful deeds. Um, I do think it's important to note that faith is not what we hope for. Um, TJ is hoping for um, a couple things for his Christmas present, like a hot tub. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why uh, the kid likes hot tubs, which I'm all for. I like a hot tub. Um, but he's hoping for a hot tub for Christmas. That's not faith, right? Uh, Hebrews says that faith is confidence in what we hope for. Um, faith is an assurance. Faith is confidence. Faith is trust, like you just said. Um, not necessarily that I hope we get what we are looking for but I know it's coming. 
it's a confidence that in what we hope for is coming. Um, when we talk about heaven, uh, faith is not, man, I hope I go to heaven. Faith is I have confidence in my relationship with the Lord. I have confidence in forgiveness. I have confidence in um, his death, resurrection. Uh, I have confidence in the way he's changed my life. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Um, that's a really good place. That's a really good place to be in. Um, faith is not um, hoping that, man, I, my finances are struggling. My finances suck. Um, and I'm hoping the Lord, you know, opens a door. No, faith is a confidence that he will open a door and he will take care of us when, when we need our help. So what we talked about yesterday, I had four quick things that just kind of an all a overview, a broad view of faith. Um, number one is that our faith is only as valuable as what we place it in. We've talked before about placing our faith in other people, placing our faith in ourselves and placing our faith in our feelings. Um, and obviously the problem with that is that um, is that those things can let us down. Have you noticed, Miss Melvin, have <laughs> you noticed um, people in your life, or maybe even yourself, uh, at times where you have put faith in something other than the Lord? Oh, absolutely. What's the most common? Um, I think our family. People? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, we put faith. And then also, like, um, sometimes our callings. We put faith in what we're called to do instead of putting our faith in Jesus. Yeah. And um, so whenever we don't feel like we're being productive, we can lose faith. I feel like that's a big one for uh, me. Yeah, yeah, no, I would totally agree. And obviously the, the issue with all those things is that people can let us down, even our family. We hate to think of our family letting us down, but good Lord, we all know it happens sometimes. Um, we can let ourselves down, our feelings and emotions with your calling. Um, I think obviously your feelings and emotions can change um, and you know once that happens your faith your confidence your hope in your confidence in what you hope for um, is gone so the only right place the only true place the only thing that will never let us down and will never change of course is Jesus number two um, our works our lifestyle our deeds um, come from our faith our works our lifestyles and our deeds do not lead to faith um and of course james talks about this in james chapter 2 uh, where he says works and faith kind of go together how big of a lie is it from the enemy to think that we can earn faith we can earn heaven we can earn salvation by what we do i mean it's the biggest lie he tells that's why jesus showed up right that's right because the pharisees and all the jewish people thought that they could earn their way through the law Yep. And, I mean, that's the whole gospel. You can't. That's why Jesus came. Um, I think that, and I'll share this yesterday, um, our whole Christian life is a response to, um, to, to what Jesus has done for us. Um, we get it backwards when we think that we're initiating, we're starting the relationship, that we can earn the relationship, that we can pay for what our sins have done to us. Um, and then hope for the best when we get to heaven. Um, that's completely backwards, and that's not what the gospel teaches. And it's so discouraging because you're not gonna get it. So yeah. you're gonna work. You're gonna do a lot of good stuff <laughs> for nothing, yeah. right? Um, which is, I mean, listen, the good stuff is good stuff. It's great that you're nice and you help people out and all that kind of good stuff. But that's not the um, that's not the standard for heaven, right? The standard right. for heaven is salvation, forgiveness, um, Jesus being the Lord, 
of your life. Uh, number three, we talked about the shield of faith does not mean that the enemy, just because you have the shield of faith, does not mean the enemy um, won't attack. And I believe this is a big lie from the enemy, uh, from mm -hmm. Satan, that, um, um, listen, you're a Christian, everything's going to be perfect. No. Everything's going to be great. Um, I've been living with the Lord since the year 2000. How old were you in 2000? 2000, I was six. Okay, I've been living with the Lord for a long time. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm thankful I'm in a better place than I was then, but I'm not where I should be, but I'm getting there. Um, and listen, here's the deal, right? Because we live in a sinful world, because we live in a world that's separated from God, um, struggles are going to come, pain's going to come, hurt's going to come. Um, and that in no way, shape, or form means that God has left you, that God doesn't care, that you're not a Christian, that you're not a believer. Um, I hate the, the fact that, I'll just say it, I hate the fact that some of these TV preachers <laughs> will <laughs> preach this prosperity deal, you sow, you reap. Now, I believe in sowing and reaping, but not sowing money, reaping money, but not sowing good deeds, reaping salvation, right? Right. Yeah. So um, one of the biggest misconceptions of the Christian life is that you get saved, life's perfect, smooth sailing. Nothing can be further from the truth. I believe that the closer you are to the Lord, the more the enemy will attack because the bigger threat, the bigger danger you are to his goal and to his plan. And so the more you're growing in your faith, then the more you should expect spiritual attacks and attacks from the enemy to try more fiery arrows, if you will, um, to try to get you away from the Lord. Yeah. I mean, Jesus' life was full of spiritual... The man didn't have a home. He didn't have a home. He spent 40 days in the desert, you know, just hanging out, and Satan was there the whole time. So, I mean, why do we expect anything different? Um, listen, perfect's coming. Like, we'll have perfect in heaven, right? There's no sin, no pain, no struggle, no heartaches, no hurt, no, no, none of that bad stuff. Um, that's coming, and that's something we can look forward to. But while we're here, man, it's almost like we're on, on duty. Like we're in a military sense. We're, we're in a fight. We're in, we're in the war, and we're on the Lord's side. Um, and with, yeah. that, with that comes, comes heartache, comes pain, comes struggle, comes division. <sighs> Uh, but even through all of that, we have the shield of faith. We have our trust. We have our confidence. We have our hope in the Lord. Um, and we know the end of the story, right? He wins the victory in the end, and he gives us that victory. And because of that, uh, we can have victory today, even while the enemy is attacking us and trying to jump on our back. Uh, number four, we talked about the, our shield connects to other people's shields. So I didn't mention this earlier. But um, the Roman soldier's shield had hooks on the side so they can connect with other soldiers' shields. And so that way they can, can protect two or three people at a time. Three people can protect three people much better than one person can protect one person. And to me, that is a wonderful example, definition of the, what their local church is here for. We're here to live life together. Um, there's going to be times where your faith is not... Um, is not at the level it needs to be to get through what you need to get through and so it's important that you have people around you in your life that you can connect your faith to so that our faith together can help you get through um, what you get through um, how do you feel about um, 
you hear this lots of times when people say they don't want to come to church. It's because people are hypocrites, right? Like uh, people there, they, they really don't love Jesus. I ain't going there. I've seen them people on Saturday nights and then they go to church on Sunday. What kind of church is that, right? Um, how, how do you correlate, how do you relate that, at, that attitude with connecting our lives together, with connecting our shields together? Um, I mean, if we look through scripture, Jesus, he was hanging out with, I mean, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the drunkards. He was hanging out with all those people. So to act like sin or having a lifestyle or, you know, stumbling means that you don't have a relationship with Jesus is just crazy. I mean, Jesus said he came for the sick, right? So that's what church is. It's a bunch of sick people, right? Walking together, holding hands, loving Jesus trying to fight together through the strength of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, who wants to go to a place where people are perfect when you know you aren't? Yeah, I've I've said this before. I think the American church puts uh, church leaders, puts pastors on pedestals um, and just wait for them to get knocked off. Um, Can I just say they will get knocked off? Absolutely. (laughs) Right? Uh, I have shared this before. Uh, I believe in the me too um, attitude, whereas me as a pastor... um, if somebody in our church struggles with with anger and a bad attitude me too uh somebody in our church struggles um with doubt and and me too right like we're all we're all the same um just because i get paid to be here uh just because this is my full-time job um that in no way puts me in a better spiritual place than anybody else and i need you i need people in this church uh, people in this church, believe it or not, need me in their life. Of all people, they need little old or big old Michael Jernigan <laughs> from Denton, North Carolina. They need me in their life, and it's so. That's listen. We don't want people here on Sunday mornings just so we can check a box that we had people. We have the the sanctuary full on Sunday mornings. No, no. we want people here to be living life together because um, victories happen together. Um, strongholds are broken through the Lord together. And if I can help you get through a valley, then by God, I'm helping you get through a valley. Um, if I can help you, if you can help me get through a struggle, then I need your help and let's get through this struggle together. I gave the example of tomato plants and how tomato plants, once they start to grow and start to sprout the tomatoes, they slump over and you put a stake in the ground to help hold them up. And that's a good example of what we are to do together. There are times where we are slumped over um, and we need each other to help hold each other up. We need people in our life to pray with us. We need people in our life to cry with us. We need people in our life to celebrate with us. We need people in our life to hold our hand, to give us a hug. And that is what happens that's what should happen here in each local church. And so that's why it's so important that I believe that you, anybody that's listening, that you are involved at some local church, not just going on Sundays, but connected to and getting to know people and letting them get to know you as well. Right? Right. Right. Uh, the last thing, I got three quick things on how to grow your faith. Um, Jesus talks about faith that is growing. Um, and so three quick things. Number one, uh, faith, how to grow your faith is to trust in God's character. Of course, God's character is who he is. It's what makes him God. It's him being all powerful and loving and gracious and merciful. Um, and when we trust that he is who he said he is, it will change our life. 
Um, it will change our life to the point where we won't live like we used to. We won't act like we used to. We're a completely different person all because of who God is and what God has done for us. Uh, number two, what do you think of when you think of God's character? Um, holiness. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Love. I think of uh, in Exodus when Moses is on the mountain, right, and God shows up. Yeah. And he says, I'm the Lord, the Lord. Um, I'm gracious, I'm slow to anger. Um, that, that, that section of scripture, um, yeah. all those things. To me, that's God kind of describing himself, right? Yeah. Like, if I'm going to describe myself, I'm saying, hey, listen, I'm 6'2". <laughs> I'm 185 pounds. I got a full head of hair and a man bun. Oh. Right? Yeah. That's my mm -hmm. sinful nature coming out. Right. Right? Because that's not me. I'm 6'2". Well over 200 pounds. <laughs> Don't have one hair on my head, right? So this is God who is holy and righteous. And according to scripture, it's out of his nature to be able to lie. He's telling Moses who he is. And so when we trust in God's character, it will grow our faith. Number two, when we trust in God's promises, it will grow our faith. Um, you ever have one, anybody ever buy you one of those little God promise books? Back, oh, in the, back in the so. day, yeah. I think I got one when I graduated. Yes, probably. Um, those kind of made their made their way. And I, I have a couple myself. Uh, and every once in a while, I'll get it out and kind of read through them. Um, just to kind of see what uh, if I missed anything or try to learn something different. Um, so when we trust in God's promises, that's us trusting in that God will do what he said he will do. Right? We believe that God takes care of the birds in the air. He's more than enough to take care of us. We believe that God has done all this cool stuff we read in Scripture in the past. God walked on water. Jesus, God through Jesus walked on water. He healed the, healed the lame. He made the blind see. Um, he, um, he did all these miracles for us. And if God did it then, then we believe wholeheartedly that God can do it today. And that is us trusting in that God will do what he said he will do. Uh, Philippians 4 actually says, Paul says, is that God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Um, any need that we have today, we can trust in God's promises that he is more than enough to take care of us today. And finally, number three, we need to trust in God's plan and God's timing to grow our faith. Of course, Jeremiah 29, 11, Everybody knows that verse, right? God yeah. has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us, not to tear us down, not to hurt us, but to prosper us. Um, and when we trust in that purpose and trust in that plan, um, our faith will grow. Now, here's what the enemy will do, right? The enemy will try to speed up that plan, or he will try to delay you from that plan. And it's really important that we trust God's purpose, God's plan, and God's timing. Because when something is in God's timing, you can't stop it. Right? You can't go ahead. You can't go early. You cannot stop it. When God wants it to happen, it will happen. And that's a hard thing to do. Amen? Amen. That's a hard <laughs> thing to do. You see that a lot with families. You see that a lot with jobs. You see that a lot with new careers. You see that a lot with callings on people's life. People yeah. want to get ahead of what God is calling them to do. Mm -hmm. um, I use the example all the time about working in God's timing with Peter walking on water. And he saw Jesus walking towards him in the boat. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, you know, call me out of the boat. 
and Jesus said, come on. Um, but Peter did not get out of the boat until Jesus called him out of the boat. Um, if he would have got out of the boat beforehand, we don't know what would have happened. But he waited for, for Jesus to call him out of the boat, and then he moved. Um, trusting in God's timing is not the easiest thing. But when we do it, our faith grows. Because when we trust in God's timing the first time, and God works out, God shows out for us, then that gives us confidence, it gives us faith that he will do it again and again and again. And God's not the type of God that will let you down ever. No. We sing a song every once in a while. We haven't sung it in a long time. Um, I don't know the name of the song. But it says, um, um, like, God hasn't let me down yet. You know what I'm talking about? He hasn't failed me yet. Yeah. What's that song? Do it again. Yes, do it again. Okay. So it talks about how God hasn't failed you yet. I hate the word yet in that song. Hate it. Because to me, it says, like, I'm just waiting for God to let me down. Right? He hadn't done it yet, but he may do it next time. I, I may be nitpicking, and I get it. I may be. Right. But yeah. come on. No, God hasn't failed. God's not going to fail you. That's not in his nature. It's not who he is. It's not his character. It's not his promises. And it's not in his plan and his timing. God will not let us down. And like I said earlier, we know the end of the story. God didn't let us down. And God's not going to let us down while we are in the fight. So... How do we fight the enemy, those fiery arrows? It's through faith. It's through our confidence. It's through our trust. It's through our hope. It's through our belief that God is who he said he is, and God will do what he said he will do. One last question. What's the hardest part in your mind about being faithful, about living a faithful life, about trusting in all those things? I think just consistently doing it. Yeah. Like, it's easy to have faith in the good times. It's easy to have faith for a little while. But then making that your daily life and having faith every single day um, and trusting Jesus on the good and bad days, I think, is the hardest part of faith. Yeah. So let me leave you with this encouragement. Um, if you had a bad day yesterday, today's a new day. Um, there's new hope. There's new mercies every morning. Um, if you had a struggle yesterday, if you're coming through a valley there's brighter days ahead. Um, continue your faith. Hold strong to your shield of faith. Um, don't let it go. Pick it up. Use it every single day of your life. Build confidence in the Lord. The Lord's not going to let you down, but we have our role in there, is that, and that role is simply trust and believing and being faithful to who he is and to what he has done for us. All right, y'all. Anything else, Alex? I think that's it. What else you got? Oh, I got it. Give nothing. us something good. What? Give us something good. Okay. All right, everybody. Put me Listen. On the spot. <laughs> this is Michael Jernigan and Alex here at Central Westland Church. Uh, we meet here at 614 Hoover Street, 10 o'clock Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock a.m. Come join us. We have coffee, donuts, and a high five, and hopefully some love and a lot of Jesus that we would love to share with you here 614 hoover street central westland church come hang out with us michael jernigan alex melvin pick up the shield of faith use it don't let it go we love you